The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 18th. In today's news, opposition is mounting to a GOP proposal to avert a government shutdown. The White House chief of staff says the president's immigration promises were misinformed. And some South Koreans are mad at their government for cozying up to Kim Jong-un. But first, the big idea. Truth decay. It infected politics before Donald Trump, and it feeds the paralysis that makes a shutdown possible. Despite the specter of a looming shutdown, President Trump on Wednesday night announced 11 winners of his so-called 2017 Fake News Awards. These stories are not wholly unrelated. Both can be seen at least in part as consequences of what a sobering new study by the Rand Corporation describes as an epidemic of truth decay. Michael Rich, the president and chief executive of the nonpartisan think tank, explained in an interview that truth decay has four hallmarks. An increasing disagreement about basic facts, a blurring of the line between opinion and fact, and an increase in the relative volume of opinion over fact. And the final one is a a decline in public trust in many institutions, including institutions that were formally regarded broadly as authorities when it came to facts and and accuracy and so on. Those trends predate the current year, last presidential election campaign, and some of them go back decades. The result is that policy debates hinge more on anecdotal firsthand experiences and less on objective facts. The new 324-page RAND report identifies several drivers of this, from social media and cable news to socioeconomic polarization and a declining emphasis on civics and critical thinking in K-12 curriculums. Just as many conservatives ignore evidence of climate change, the RAND report illustrates how a lot of liberals disregard evidence that vaccines and genetically modified crops are safe. There's been a steady decrease in violent crime over the past 25 years, and yet more and more Americans say in polls that crime is increasing. And it didn't start with the 2016 campaign. The perception of violent crime has been on the rise since around 2000. The report faults leaders in both parties for misusing data and statistics in the debate over immigration, increasingly blurring the line between opinion and fact. Truth decay is not unprecedented. The RAND study identifies parallels with three previous eras, the Gilded Age in the 1880s and 1890s, the Jazz Age in the 1920s and 1930s, and the Vietnam era in the 60s and 70s. But this strain is particularly virulent. Political scientist Jennifer Kavanaugh, the other co-author of the study, explains. The major difference that we see is that in these previous periods with our initial research, we were unable to find evidence of disagreement about objective facts. That is distinctive to this period, and that's interesting, because it means that even though we've seen similar things in the past, this time it is a little bit different, or at least it seems a little bit different. So why does all of this matter? The authors say it's hard to bridge divides in the political process and to tackle big problems when people can't even agree on basic facts. As Michael Rich puts it, The existence of truth decay and the extent to which it exacerbates polarization, while also being caused by polarization, means that we might think 
ongoing cycle of repeal and replace actions and zigzagging towards a policy solution for these very, very tough challenges that we face, not going to be the most productive way to respond to problems and may even be dangerous. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the deal to avert a government shutdown before Friday at midnight now looks as if it's on the cusp of failure. The shutdown threat is emerging from both parties. Republican defense hawks in the House say that the short-term spending plan their party introduced Tuesday doesn't devote enough money for the troops. House Freedom Caucus members, the Tea Partiers, are also not yet sold on the stopgap legislation that would just open the government for a few more weeks or months. Meanwhile, Democrats are lining up in opposition amid pressure from immigration activists. They're under a lot of pressure to get more protections for the Dreamers as part of the budget talks. If a shutdown occurs, we're hearing that the Trump administration is looking into keeping the national parks open in a bid to quell anger about the government's intransigence. That may not work. Number two, White House Chief of Staff John Kelly called some of Trump's campaign promises on immigration, quote, uninformed in a closed-door meeting in the Capitol yesterday. He also acknowledged the unlikelihood of constructing a border wall. Kelly was meeting with members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, and he repeatedly said that Trump supports enacting permanent legal protections for Dreamers. Later on, after the meeting, talking to reporters, Kelly expressed optimism that Congress will work out a deal, but he offered no timetable for when an agreement might be reached. His comments added to lawmakers' confusion about what exactly Trump wants out of an immigration deal. This has eroded the president's credibility with Congress. This morning, Trump undercut his chief of staff when he tweeted several times in what appeared to be a response to his own top aide's comments to reporters. Trump tweeted, quote, The wall is the wall. It has never changed or evolved from the first day I conceived of it. Number three, North and South Korea announced that their athletes will march under one flag during next month's Winter Games for the first time. The two countries said they also plan to form a single Korean women's hockey team to compete together in the Games. The decision is a dramatic symbol of reconciliation that Seoul hopes will help defuse tensions with Pyongyang. But many South Koreans are up in arms about the joint hockey team and what they perceive as the naivete of their peacenik leaders. Meanwhile, in an interview with Reuters, Trump blamed his White House predecessors for failing to resolve the crisis with North Korea. He expressed doubt that holding talks with the regime would deter its growing nuclear threat. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, January 18th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.